are they gonna bail you out or just run you around? They said you should have a house the American way. A dollar down, a dollar a month, and you never have to pay. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way. You don't have to think another face in the crowd. You don't have to live the way they tell you to. Make your own way. Others will follow. Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. And no, you're not listening to the wrong show. That is our new bumper music custom written for our show, The Revolution Is You. More on that in just a moment. Today is Friday, May 15th, 2010. This is episode 435. As I come to you once again from Arlington, Texas, with another edition of the Survival Podcast. And what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about you being the revolution, how you are the revolution, how what you're doing is is the revolution. It's not about waiting for when. It's not about another election. It's about not a, it's not about a time in the future. It's about today. It's about now. And it's about what you're doing today. And if you're living as a prepper, what you've been doing for a long time. There's a big belief out there, I think, that one day we'll have a revolution. And maybe it'll be good or maybe it'll be bad. I'm telling you, the revolution is happening right now and you are part of it. More on that in just a second, though. Before that, we'll go ahead and take care of our housekeeping Housekeeping item number one today. Let's take care of our sponsors. They do a lot to help take care of you. Sponsor of the day number one, ShelfReliance.com. Not self, but ShelfReliance.com. Uh, check out Shelf Reliance for some of the most innovative and cool storage uh, solutions I've ever seen for your long-term food storage needs. Uh, I did a review of their Harvest 72 food storage rack. Absolutely amazing how much food it stores in such a small area in such a well-organized way. So I want you to check that out. Remember, member support brigade members get 7% off all of Shelf Reliance purchases. Next up today is Survival Seed Bank from Solutions from Science. What is a survival seed bank? Is it a bunch of seeds that you buy so you can go out and plant them tomorrow? No. Not that you couldn't, not that they wouldn't grow wonderfully for you, but that's not really the purpose. They're specially stored seeds designed to last a long time so they can become part of your long-term preps. Just like you might buy Mountain House food that is freeze-dried, dehydrated, packaged in a number 10 can, and not open it up tomorrow to cook it for a barbecue, you could, it would taste great, but it's really designed for that long-term storage. So that's what a survival seed bank is. Recommend you check those guys out as well and consider adding that to your storage uh, preparatory needs. 
Uh, next up, I want to remind you, connect with us everywhere you can socially, online, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, our forum, you name it, it's out there. Comment on the blog, but please get involved with us. Uh, tell us what you're thinking. And remember, you can always send me emails to jack at com. Again, jack at com. I do read 100% of my emails. I do not respond to them all. It's simply not possible uh, at this point any longer with the number of emails I get today. But do know, if you email me, I will read what you had to say. Uh, even if it takes all day to get through it, I do that because I think it's important to stay in touch with you. Last but not least, consider joining the Member Support Brigade. Do that, you'll get exclusive content available only to members. You'll get discounts to about 20 different vendors. You'll get a bunch of free ebooks. You'll get a bunch of cool stuff. Um, and you'll be part of the revolution actively by supporting this show at about 20 cents an episode. And I'm going to do something special. Since we're introducing a new song today, and at the end of the show I'm going to play the entire song for you, at least most of it. Um, and I'll tell you where you can go get the track without my voice over top of it and fade in and fade out. Uh, completely mastered from Greg himself on his site. I'll tell you how you can get it for free. I'll tell you how you can help Matt a little bit with the contribution. It's going to be up to you. Uh, but we'll, we'll tell you how that whole song. But since we're doing that, I'm running a special today on the Member Support Brigade. $15 off your first year. That means your first year of the Member Support Brigade today is $35 versus $50. Uh, that comes out to... That comes out to about $0.13 cents an episode for to support the show for a year. So if you think this show is worth $0.13, cents, consider joining the Member Support Brigade today. You'll get that special offer by using the discount code REVOLUTION, all lowercase letters, REVOLUTION. Uh, when you sign up, it only works for the annual membership. Again, it's $15 off your first year. Uh, I think that's a great deal, and I uh, want to get everybody psyched up today. That's it for the housekeeping. We wanted to keep it short today. wanted to blow through it because I have a lot to talk to you guys today about. Let's start out with the song that you heard at the beginning of the show. Let me tell you how the song came to be, and then we'll talk about why it fits the show and why you are the revolution and all the things that you are doing every day to be part of the revolution without even realizing it. And that's what makes it so powerful. Well, the song came about this way. I was approached by a guy by email that said, Hey, Jack, I found my niche for podcasting. I'm doing a site called Revolution Rock and Roll. I've got a couple songs out already, and I'm doing a podcast where I'm talking about the, the impact that music can have on changing things and being part of the revolution. I'm looking for other content providers and things like that, and uh, was wondering if you could give me a mention on your show. really wasn't a hard sell to me or anything. It was just kind of like, hey, I'm doing this. You said to do something. This is what I'm doing. He really didn't ask for anything, which, by the way, folks, when you're approaching somebody, that's a great way to do things. So I listened to his first song. I played it for you guys several months ago called uh, Stake in the Woodpile. And I thought it was a really cool song. And I told you at the time that he was going to be doing a custom theme song for Survival Podcast that would re replace Another Day, Another Dollar by Bob Moss. A lot of you guys emailed me and said, that Snake in the Woodpile song is not really a good song for uh, TSP. It's a cool song, but it's not. And I had to like push everybody back and go, hey, guys, look, uh, this new song is going to be custom written. So... I traded some emails with Craig, and I came up with a line. Uh, you don't have to be another face in the crowd. And my, my completion to that was, uh, you don't have to take this line down, which, of course, he changed for the better. And we, I gave him a little bit of input on the song and some thoughts. I said, hey, look, I want this to kind of have that, that 70s rock crossover country type of vibe to it, kind of like the Eagles. And then the main thing I wanted out of it was what I was, and I didn't even know if this was the right term because I'm not a musician. I wanted push-pull. I wanted you to feel when you first heard some verses of the song kind of defeated. 
about the things that, that life and government and bureaucracy and fascism and, and corporatism and all the crap that we deal with every day that's actually destroying our society, uh, feel that, feel that way. But I wanted the other side to pull you back out of it and empower you and make you understand who and what you are. And what Greg came up with was amazing. And you heard uh, a piece of a verse, the first verse, and the chorus uh, in the intro. You'll hear the whole song at the end. And it goes into a lot of things. It goes into the, the things that are set across our TV that are, we're lied to about. It goes about and, and talks about the things that are in our food supply. Uh, but it's an amazing song, and Greg's done an amazing job. So here's what you can do. If you'd like the entire song, just go over to revolutionrockandroll.com, and you can bet I'll put a link in today's show notes. Uh, click on music, and you can download it for free just by becoming a member of his site. I'm going to ask you, please become a member of Greg's site today. Do that as a favor for me. This is what he's done to help out the show, and I think it's a pretty big deal. The other thing that I'm going to tell you is he has that song and two others that he's got kind of in a collection that you can buy for $2.50. Even though you can get the song for free, why not get all three of them for $2.50? Again, I'm asking you to do that as a favor. It won't matter to any individual that spends $2.50. You can't buy uh, a good Starbucks latte for $2.50 anymore. But if a couple hundred of you do it, it'll motivate a young man that's busting his ass to make a difference. And I'd really appreciate it if you considered doing that for me today. Um, Gave you a $15 discount to the MSB if you're not a member already, so use a little bit of that maybe to help out. Um, the other thing I wanted to do is I wanted to recognize somebody else that was part of this. While Greg was working on this song, actually, I mean, you guys got to give this guy credit, too. He went through surgery in the middle of doing this, and uh, he was contacted by one of our listeners who uh, got on his site, liked what he saw, and said, hey, can I help? That gentleman, his name is Matthew McCabe of Finley Sound, and he did the final mixing and mastering of the uh, the final version of the song. So this is truly... Uh, something unique that was created for our community, by our community, by listeners, and uh, with some input by myself as well. So really cool. Again, if you can support uh, Greg, that would be great. If you're dead broke, just become a member get the song for free. But one way or another, help support his site and share this song and share Greg's site with other folks. I really would like you to do that for me today. Now let's talk a little bit about kind of the sentiments uh, about this and my thoughts as I was putting today's show together for you. So we only occasionally dip into politics around here. I'd say that maybe one in ten shows I do is really about politics. A little bit of politics kind of filter in and out from time to time. But I don't really ever do political shows as, as a routine. And the most politics I talk about are in response to your questions on listener feedback shows. When I do a standalone show without your input, it's generally very non-political. Time to time we focus on economics. Now, that's an important subject, and we just did a big economics lesson yesterday. Whenever we talk about economics, politics will always come into it, because politics affects the economy of the country more than anything else, uh, especially when we have this kind of incestuous relationship between a private corporation and the government that is the Federal Reserve. It's impossible to talk about one without the other, but even when I do, I try to stick to the facts about the economic issues and stay off the politics as much as I possibly can and do justice to the topic. Um, you know, and there's people in the audience that say, hey, do more of the politics, do more of the economics, and there's people in the audience that say, that's not really what I'm here for, I want the practical preparations. But I want you to understand, the two are really one and the same. They don't easily separate from each other. 
When I sit and I talk to you about how to grow a garden, when I talk to you about how to store food, when I talk to you about how to defend yourself, either unarmed or with weapons, when I talk to you about how to be aware of your surroundings so that you don't become a victim, when I talk to you about how to build things, how to construct things, how to plan, how to have an evacuation plan, how to set up strong uh, long-term investments that are not what most people consider investments, like property and all the things that you buy and make part of your preps that are lifetime purchases. When I talk to you about all these things, they're directly overlapping with the political and economic structure of the United States. If the ass clowns up in Washington, D.C. would leave us alone, a lot of the things that we, we do wouldn't be really necessary. The only thing we would prepare for are things like hurricanes, tornadoes, and earthquakes. We wouldn't worry about all the other things like economic collapse, political instability, uh, one world government potential uh, you know, coming up, uh, collapse of the dollar, and collapse of, of our retirement accounts, government takeover. All these other things would just go away. But see, we prepare to deal without systems of support. That's what preparation is really all about. It's not, I'm preparing because I live in an earthquake zone, or I'm preparing because I live in a hurricane zone. It's I'm preparing because one way or another, at some point in, in the future, something could come along and take the things that I rely on on a day-to-day basis for comfort and survival and make them go away. And if they do, I will not go quietly into the night. I will not go quietly to a FEMA shelter I will not go quietly anywhere. I will stand and fight for what is mine. That may mean I have to leave a place, but I'll leave under my terms, my way, with my plan in advance. That's what survivalism and preparedness is really all about. So they cannot be taken apart from politics. Because what that really comes down to is we stand and we say united as one. I am a human being. I have sovereignty as such. I have freedoms as such. I have rights. And we tell our government collectively, whenever we hear about constitutional rights, yes, constitutional, and you are decried by the Constitution to defend and protect those rights from infringement, but you are not the grantor of our rights. We had them the day we became alive. And that's reality. That as a human being, that right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, those rights that are defended by your Bill of Rights, the first ten amendments of the Constitution, your right to speak as you see fit, your right to complain if you don't like what's happening to your country, your right to freedom, your right to not have your things gone through by some government entity because they don't like what you're saying or doing, that they have to have a probable cause that you mean to harm somebody else before they do that, and they have to get a warrant. All of these things, these are not constitutionally given rights, they're constitutionally protected rights, and they lie in the fact that you're human. And these rights were endowed upon you by your Creator. Well, folks, when you wake up to that reality, you've just taken your first step into the revolution. And the way you live from that point forward makes you part of the revolution, even if you never call anybody, even if you never write anybody on a, write anything on a sign, even if you don't ever get involved, even if you don't vote. I think you should, and I think maybe you should call some people, and I think maybe you should talk to some people. I think that's part of your responsibility. But if you do anything from that point forward based on this newfounded belief, your very actions spread to others. In the words of the song, 
Make your own way, and the others will follow. Let's also talk real quickly, if we're going to talk about revolution today, what is a revolution? Well, you know, directly and, and tightly defined, a standard definition of a revolution is, it would be a fundamental change in power or organizational structures that takes place in a relatively short period of time. All right, so that's, that's the dictionary, textbook, Wikipedia definition. Again, a fundamental change in power organizational structures that takes place in a relatively short period of time. But the word revolution comes from uh, a Latin term, revoluto, which I probably pronounced wrong because I speak Spanish, not Latin. But um, that word actually means a turnaround. A turnaround. Stop going in one direction and start going in another. And even if we take the definition a fundamental change in power in a relatively short period of time. See, what most people do when they hear revolution is they focus on a national level, or at least a state level, right? We're going to change things by who we vote for, by what we do in Washington, or if I live in Texas, what I do in Austin, uh, or if you live in Florida, what you do in Tallahassee, if you live in California, what you do in Sacramento, that's a revolution. And in a relatively short period of time, Notice that there was nothing in the definition that said that it had to be violent or bloody or involve guns or the military, just that things had to change. The power had to change in a relatively short period of time. So right now, if you're looking at this country, you may go, Jack, I don't know what revolution you think you're talking about, because the things in Washington, despite the promises of the last ass clown that ran and successfully became president of the United States, things haven't changed very much at all. Everything's still the way it is. They're still not listening to us. They're still doing whatever they, they want to do. They're still making government larger, stronger, and more powerful. They're spending our money. They're squandering our children's inheritances. They're destroying the economy of the greatest nation on the planet. They're destroying the freedom of the greatest nation on the planet. And I don't see anything changing up there in a relatively short period of time. So where is my revolution? Inside you. Because I'll tell you what, the longest you could have been listening to this show at this time is just under two years if you started listening in day one. That's a relatively short period of time. Many of you have been listening to this show for six months, many for 90 days. Let me ask you a question, and I'm being very sincere here, and this is about you, not me. Please don't let this sound like I'm being uh, arrogant or anything like that. What changes in your own power have you made since you started becoming part of the Survival Podcast community and the things that we're doing here? In a relatively short period of time, have you changed the power structure in your life? Have you said, no, I won't be in debt anymore just because you told me it's a good idea, just because some ass clown financial advisor said debt's good, debt's okay if it's the right kind of debt. No, I won't do that anymore. Have you decided no more will I allow my 401k to sit there unguarded and just do dollar cost averaging because that's what the other financial advisor that they brought into my work that doesn't give a damn about me or my family said I'm supposed to do because I'm young and I have plenty of time. Have you decided that I am tired of going to a grocery store and eating food with chemicals in it that are killing me? and increasing our cancer rates at exponential levels, and said, I can't change it all, but I'll grow one damn tomato plant and one damn pepper plant in my backyard, and when I do that, I will take control of what goes into my body and what goes into the body of my children, at least on some level. 
Have you said, no, I will not end up on a rooftop waiting for a helicopter to save me. I will be prepared because if something goes wrong, and sooner or later something will, I will take control and I will take the power of my own life. When your children come home now with their homework on government and economics, do you sit down with them and you say, what's the answer to this question? And when they tell you, do you go, hey, you know what, Timmy? Tomorrow when you go take your test, you write that down on that piece of paper because I want you to get an A and I want you to get in any college that you want. But let me tell you the rest of the story and I want to hear your opinion on it instead of tell you what to think the way your school does. Do you do that? Do you do any of those things? If you do, you have made a fundamental change in power or organizational structure in a relatively short period of time. In other words, you started a revolution. And instead of starting a revolution at the top, instead of starting a revolution by being part of an organization or waving a sign, you've started an organization inside of yourself as a human being. And you've decided that this is where it shall begin, because this is what I control. When your children come home and tell you, I have learned today that I have a right to this or a right to that, you sit them down and say, great, I'm glad you're learning about your rights. Let me tell you about the responsibility that goes along with those rights. Do you know what? That conversation, that conversation between an informed man or woman and his son or daughter, will take a congressman or a senator or a president or a cabinet member or a governor and it will send a chill from the base of their spine to the top of their head. Oh no, they've figured it out. They know now. They know the truth. See, because all of a sudden when we take the right and we bond it to a responsibility, the right becomes not less but more powerful. When we say we have a right to free speech, that means that any idiot can get up anywhere and say anything that he wants as long as it doesn't incite a riot or get somebody hurt, if it doesn't break uh, the rules of the medium in which he is broadcasting. In other words, I can say shit here because I am not yet at least legislated by the FCC with a private podcast that you choose to download over the Internet. Okay? But if I were to go onto network television, then I would have to use certain lines of censorship. But otherwise, if I can get the medium, and as long as I follow the rules, I can say anything I want. That's the right of free speech. I don't like my government. I do like my government. I hate Barack Obama. I love Barack Obama. Whatever. Free speech. But the responsibility, before you start taking a venue and running your mouth with it, is to become informed about what you're speaking about. So that if you are working on something, especially something that is noble, you don't harm your own efforts through your own ignorance. So if you want to speak freely, first be informed. This is the responsibility that goes along with the right. We tell people you have a right to own a gun in this country. You have a right to self-defense. Absolutely. But you also have a responsibility to ensure the safety of other people that may not want to be part of the, 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 the thing that happens that requires your self-defense. To understand how to safely carry, own, use a weapon. See, the founders didn't really worry about that when they wrote the Second Amendment and made it dramatically simple. Because at the time, you had that beaten into you by a father out on the frontier from the time you were born and old enough to pick the dadgone gun up. 
You were taught right from wrong with it. A sense of responsibility. And nobody would leave a gun just lying around anywhere because it was one of the most valuable things you could possibly own. It was protected like gold. Well, today we have people that maybe don't understand the responsibility that goes along with that right to firearms ownership. You have a responsibility to become proficient with the weapon. And don't think that's political speak because that's another thing that just takes and sends a shiver through your government. Do you think they want 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 million Americans to be responsible owners of firearms who are extremely proficient with them? Does that sound like a political nirvana for a statist, for a socialist? Absolutely not. That sounds like a disaster. And that's why at one time the emperor of Japan said, I would not invade America. There would be a rifle behind every blade of grass or something to that effect. Because that's who we were at one time, and they've worked so hard to take that away. But we're taking it back one step at a time. If you want your right to elect an official in an election, then you have a responsibility to be informed, to not make stupid choices when you vote because I'm voting for the lesser of two evils. <laughs> All right? To start voting your conscience. Because as long as everybody says that, no, we don't get change. So to actually look at candidates and say, which one of these people most closely follows my ideals? And then, instead of voting for the lesser of two evils, if the one in power is screwing it up, throw them out. Especially in the Congress. We can throw the other one out in two years. We keep doing that until they figure out, we don't like what you're doing anymore. And so we get some people in there that maybe, maybe will pay attention because they like all those great congressional benefits. See, folks, if we want to control things, we don't need the Senate or even the presidency. They just need one branch, the Congress. The Congress has more power than any other single branch of government in the United States because they control the money. They allocate the budget. You take the Congress back and we control everything. And there's only one of them that works for you. Here's another thing I've said in the past, and I think I've been misunderstood about it. You should call your congressmen and your senators every month, at least once a month. I believe that. But here's how to do it, and here's how to do it without making it a big deal. Almost everybody that listens to this show, I would surmise, has a cell phone. Go look up your two senators and your congressional clown. Put their numbers in your phone book, in your, your auto dial in your, your uh, phone. You will hear things that will upset you that are going on in our government. You'll hear them every day. Now, most people, when they hear these things, they hear them by an email, and they hit forward, and they start pounding keys, and they're angry. And they tell a bunch of people. Nothing wrong with that, but it only has so much effect. Or, the next time they pick the phone up and they call their buddy Joe, they're like, Hey, Joe, you hear what these jerks are doing now? Joe goes, Yeah, I heard. And you talk about it, and you get angry about it. All I'm suggesting, instead of calling Joe... So you can feel better about venting your anger to Joe. Call the people that are actually doing it. Just, you know, when you hear it on talk radio, wait for the next commercial break. Speed dial. K. Bailey Hutchison. Hey, I want to know what the senator's position on this is. If it's what I agree with, I'd like to thank her for her support of that. Here's who I am. Here's where I'm calling from. Done. Hang up. How much effort does that take? But if you did it a few times a month, they don't think you're one person. They think you're a bunch of people. That's the multiplying effect of action. But that's only one thing. That's not all. That's not the only way that you're part of the revolution. I said earlier, if you want the right 
to know what goes into your body when you eat it, then you have a responsibility to start doing things like take control of that. That includes things like when you pick up a can of tomatoes, and I just learned this one for myself the hard way. I've been buying canned tomatoes for our food storage and for our day-to-day -day use for a long time. It's one of those things that I just never really checked into. I thought a canned tomato, what the hell could be wrong with that? They don't have genetically modified tomatoes yet, folks. They have some pretty interesting hybrids, but not GMOs. No GMO tomatoes. So, hey, and most of the canners, they use things like Romas, which are a pretty traditional tomato. Hey, no problem. So tomatoes, peppers, onions, you know, Italian mix or what have you, great, wonderful. Just grab a few cans. So the last time we're in the store, I picked up the can. I think it was Del Monte. I don't remember what brand. It doesn't really matter because all the brands had this when I started looking at it. These are the cubed tomatoes like you use for making spaghetti sauce or you use for making uh, chili or something like that. Turned it around. You know what one of the ingredients was? High fructose corn syrup. In a can of tomatoes. What the hell do we need to sweeten that for? But you know whose responsibility it was to rotate that can 180 degrees and read the back of the label? Mine. It's not Del Monte's fault. So I started looking at it. If you buy all natural, they don't have that crap in it. So now I have an alternative, and I can still buy canned tomatoes. And I'll pay a few cents more to not put GMO corn in my body. But it's my responsibility to, one, know if it's corn, and they're using it to make corn syrup in the United States today, it's probably genetically modified. Two, read the label and find out if it's in there. Three, make a decision. I don't care. I'll eat genetically modified corn syrup, right? And I'm not going to try to even eliminate some of it, or I don't want that. I don't have to make this choice now. Rights and responsibilities. Again, these things shiver right up the spine of your congressman. You wonder why? Because the corporations and the government are in cahoots with this stuff. If you look at the Department of Agriculture and, and companies like DuPont, Conagra, Monsanto, it's a revolving door. They go work for Monsanto, then they go work at a high level in the government. Then they go back to Monsanto, and they do it from ConAgra, they do it from DuPont. They do it over and over again, in and out, in and out, in and out. Why? Because they want complete control of your food supply, so they'll tell you what to eat, how to eat it, and the way that you'll eat it, in what form. And when you say, no, I'm not going to do that, you know what? They say, through their propaganda, through the media, through a lot of articles I read, is this garden revolution came up. I heard them say, the gardens don't really matter. They don't really impact uh, importation, exportation of food. They don't really impact the farmer. The, 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 the person in, in suburbia just can't grow enough food. If everybody in suburbia did it, it would be less than 2% of the total food supply. On and on and on and bullshit. You know why? It's very simple. They used to say the British pilots who would fly bombing missions over Germany, the young new pilot would say, how are we absolutely sure we're over the target? And they said, when they start shooting at us from the ground, we're over the target. You drop your bombs, turn around, and come home. Well, when we started revolting with the garden trowel, they started shooting at us. That meant we were over the target. I mean, they didn't like what they saw. They don't want you to control your own life. But that little plot in your backyard is part of controlling your own life. And it does matter. And don't let anybody ever tell you it doesn't matter. Every time you brew a bottle of home-brewed beer and don't pay an alcohol tax, you're part of the revolution as yourself. Because you're saying, I don't have to rely on government for this function. I'll do it myself. Every time, if you're a smoker, and I really don't think you should smoke, but if you do, that you grow some tobacco in your backyard and prepare it and smoke it yourself and avoid a 700% tax on tobacco, you're part of the revolution. 
Every time you make some mead or wine and do the same thing, you're part of the revolution. When you put up one solar panel and generate 60 watts of power, and that's it, it still doesn't matter because, one, it's your power. You created it. It's yours. Two, there's no tax on it. Three, it can't be turned off. It's yours. It's you. And it's what you control. It's all about you. The revolution is you. It's in your heart. It's in your mind. And it's in your soul. And it's what you're doing every day. It's about being prepared. And it's about so many other things. The revolution is the mother who decides not to go to work so she can stay home and homeschool her children and make sure that they learn the truth versus propaganda. That they're not subject to the state controlling what goes into their minds, what goes into their hearts, what goes into their souls, and with the terrible lunch system we have, what goes into their bodies. That takes that stand. The revolution is the blogger who says, everything I learn, everything I find out that I know to be factual, I'll share it with other people. Maybe only one other person will read my blog. Maybe my blog will never be popular, but I'll do something. I will stand and I will go on record with what I believe. And I will put down things that not only can be read today, but will be available for a long time to come. I will create history. And I will do something. I won't do nothing. The revolution is everybody in a forum, not just ours, every forum, everywhere. Politics, economics, prepping, wilderness craft, gardening, permaculture, everywhere. That says, when I see a question from a person that's looking for an answer, and I have the answer... I will be the answer. That is a revolution. That is people talking to each other. Every great revolution in history, every single one, came with an advancement in the ability to communicate. The first big revolution in England, the time of Robin Hood, do you know what created the revolution? Forest roads. The new roads. Every time people get out of their myopia in that one little area that they're in, and they travel, be it virtually or directly, one way or another. They get from one point to another, and they speak to each other. And here's the big one. Without censorship and without government control, whenever that happens, ideas evolve. And all of a sudden, a revolution occurs. And it's not always a revolution in a change of power of a nation. Usually it's a change of power in the person, the individual. Like I said before, and like the song says, the revolution is you. The revolution is when you go out in your front yard or your backyard and you look at a pine tree and say, you know what, you're really not doing a whole lot for me. You rip out a chainsaw, you fire it up, create some global warming emissions, cut that sucker to the ground, mulch it, chip it, and make it into something more effective, and in its place you plant an apple tree or a pear tree. And you plant something and say, when I'm gone, my grandchildren can eat the fruit of that tree. That's a revolution. Revolution is when you say, I won't believe things just because the government says so. I'm actually going to research it for my own opinion. My opinion might not be the same as Jack Spierko's, and that's fine. But I'll know why I know what I know. Oh, my God, friends. Do you think there is anything else that would scare the hell out of our politicians? Like hearing from a few million people that say, I now know why I believe what I believe. I'm not interested in why you hate this other guy that's running against you. I'm not interested in any of that. I, I want to know, I want accountability. What do you think that would do to our school system? If we had a bunch of 7th graders telling their teachers, you know what, 
We'd like to know why we believe what we believe. We don't just want to memorize this crap. Tell us why we should believe this is true. Now, if we're telling you 2 plus 2 is 4, you got to kind of take that as a fact, because it is. But when they start telling you, well, this is what was done in the founding of the United States of America, well, what else was done? We're only, I mean, we just covered 20 years in like 15 seconds. Surely some other stuff happened. What else happened? If they say, well, you know, you have your rights because of the Constitution, really? Let's, let, why do you explain that to me so I know why, I, why I'm supposed to believe that? What if we just started having people ask the question, that great question that children ask so often and get pushed down on, why? Why? We should do this, why? Don't give me bullet points, explain it to me. And I want to know why we shouldn't from somebody else. I want to hear. I want to know both sides of this issue before I make my decision. Whether that is I'm going to buy a new vehicle or how I'm going to vote. And in everything in my life, I want to be informed. I don't need to be informed ad finitum where I get analysis paralysis. But I need a clear, coherent reason that we're going to do or not do something. And I also want to know, well, what are the consequences of this choice? What's it going to cost us? And the big question, in most things that are political where we have to do this or we have to do that, we ask the question, well, what happens if we don't do anything at all? What if we just leave it alone and don't mess with it? What happens then? These things all scare the hell out of government. They scare the hell out of the public education system, and they scare the hell out of the biggest corporations in the world. People that can think for themselves, that don't believe what they're told just because they're told it over and over again. People that can no longer be convinced with a jingle. People that can no longer be convinced with a catchphrase or a slogan. People that say, I want more. If you want me to respect you, if you want me to support you, tell me who you are, what you are, and what you stand for. Whether that's the next employee you hire to work for a small business, or the next employee that you hire to run your country. It all comes back to rights and responsibilities being dovetailed into each other. And I'm telling you, that's the biggest fear that they have. That you'll figure that out, and a lot of you have figured it out. I want you to realize today that every step you take towards independence, self-reliance, and self-sufficiency is a step forward in the revolution. That little hen house with four hens in it that provides you eggs is part of the revolution. Your government doesn't like it. They don't want it. Because it means there's one more thing you don't need from them little herd of goats. If you have a bigger place, a little herd of cattle. They don't like that either. They don't like any of it. Your proficiency with a weapon scares them. Because it's not just about a direct revolution. If you're proficient with a weapon and somebody breaks into your home, you dial 911 after the problem solved and ask somebody to come clean it up. What does that mean? You don't have dependency. If you don't have dependency, you're not as willing to give away what is yours to provide for security. We start remembering the great words of our founders that we get told, but then we're not supposed to ask what it really means. Okay? Those that prefer safety to liberty deserve neither. Great. But let's, not, let's just memorize that and write it down as answer to question 34. What does it really mean? It means there's no such thing as pure safety. But it's your responsibility if you have liberty. You want liberty? You have to provide for your own safety. 
That's what the Second Amendment's really all about. That's why they don't like it. Because it doesn't make government the source of power. It makes government what it's supposed to be. The guardian of individual power. Your government is supposed to be there so that when somebody ignores natural rights and natural order, they step in to correct it. To say, in this instance, since 25 people are trying to take over your piece of property and you're only one, you are not strong enough to stand alone, but you're right in this instance. And whether it's through the courts or through law enforcement, we'll protect your sovereign right to your private property. Instead, a government goes in and uses its corruptness to take away your private property and cause it imminent domain. It's the world we've come to. But every time one person wakes up and says, no, it won't be this way anymore. It's a little bit step further in the revolution. Let me tell you the problem with most revolutions. Most revolutions come about through populism. And I'm talking about the big revolutions now. Like, how could there be something like a communist revolution if a re revolution is a good thing? That put a nation from one form of totalitarianism into a worse form of totalitarianism. Because they're done through populists. They're done through people that are revved up and fevered and made angry, but not informed and not educated. Most revolutions come about simply because people are angry at the current system, and thereby any other system must be better. The thing is, when the individual launches the revolution in their own life, they choose whether to step to the left or the right on any given circumstance, at any given time, at any point in their life, and they control it. And when they do that, then, then they live in liberty the way this nation was founded. Our nation is not to be a nation going about pushing our will on other nations through the use of military force or entangling alliances. Our founders warned us, no entangling alliances. Jefferson said we should have commerce with all, alliances with none. That we should behave in a lot of ways, with foreign policy anyway, the way Switzerland does. You guys fight all the wars you want. Stay out of our country or we will kick the crap out of you. You think anybody wants to invade Switzerland? Every male in Switzerland is part of the military, trained, owns a rifle, takes their rifle, keeps it in their house. Good luck invading that country. That's, and I don't care if they're bolt actions. They're actually straight pull bolts. I don't care if that's the way it is. That would suck now, wouldn't it? But yet they don't get involved in everybody else's problems. And because they carry that big stick, everybody leaves them alone. They're one of the more prosperous nations, especially in the EU right now. I worry about them long term with that conglomeration of madness over there. But it worked pretty well for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years now, didn't it? Even in the middle of a world war, it worked pretty good for them, didn't it? It's amazing what happens if you stay out of other people's affairs. Most people don't bother with anybody that stays out of their affairs. They're content to leave people like that alone. Every once in a while, there will be someone that simply wants what you have. And when that person shows up, you knock them down, and you knock them down hard, and you make an example out of them. And that's how this country ran for about 100 years. When the British came back in 1812 and said, we kind of changed our mind about this whole freedom and independence thing, they got their asses handed to them. And you know who did it, in a lot of ways, was private citizens that had arms. People had taken cannons to the hills surrounding Washington, D.C. from the Revolutionary War period. Private citizens said, 
cannon left over. We don't really need that anymore. We're not going to be, our army's going to be much smaller now. Okay, so I'm going to take that cannon, buy a surplus, whatever. They took gunpowder and ammunition for it, too. And they set it out like a little ornament. And once the British had completely overrun Washington, next thing they know, they had canister shot raining down on them from the hills. And it wasn't from soldiers. It was from private citizens with a cannon that said, get the hell out of here. So when I talk about pulling back from around the world, I'm not talking about being a pacifist. I'm talking about not being an aggressor. And those are two very different things. You don't have to agree with me. Just research it. Learn. Be the revolution. Understand these things for yourself. Form your own opinions. But know why you believe what you believe above everything else. Question everything you hear, even from me. But find the facts underlying the situation. Don't listen to the most compelling person in the argument. Listen to the most compelling, verifiable, underlying facts in every decision that you make. Do that and everything starts to change for you. And when you start to change, the people around you start to change. There is so much left to do. But we are off to such a good start. We have an opportunity. We are living at a unique time in history. We are living at a point where technology and knowledge are converging at a level that's never before been seen. The ability to be heard across the world is greater today than any time in history. The ability to take action today is greater than any time in history. The ability to know what you need to know for yourself, even if you want to live isolated as an individual and just partake of the knowledge that's out there, is greater than any time in history. We have the opportunity today to create the most liberty-oriented lives ever in the history of mankind, despite the ignorance of our government that believes not maliciously, but foolishly, that their role in our lives is to solve our problems. Your government is not there to solve your problems. You are responsible for your problems. Your government is supposed to be there to prevent other people from unjustly adding to the problems in your life. That is all. Their role is to protect, not to interfere. Their role is to provide for transportation and commerce, not to tell you where you can go and how much it's going to cost you to get there. You are responsible. Can you see Washington, Jefferson, Franklin, Paul Revere? Can you see these men getting together and saying, you know what, we're about to commit high treason. We're about to go out and do something that if it doesn't work out well, every one of us is going to have our neck stretched from the gallows. We'll all be executed. Our families will be ruined. We'll lose everything. But freedom is worth it. And what freedom means to us is when somebody has a problem, we'll be able to fix it. Does that not sound like the most ridiculous damn thing you've ever heard? But when our children are taught today in our school system, the government's role is to fix problems. That's what they're saying. They're saying that our nation was founded so that we could have a government that would intrude in our lives and fix things for us to try to create a utopia. Our government was founded so that men and women could walk where they pleased, do as they chose. And if they failed, they would fall down. And their fellow man, based on what they observed, would decide whether or not this person was worthy of being picked back up. Because when people follow noble pursuits and they fall, others rally to their aid. But if you were a person who decided you would do nothing and be a leech on society, you would get the repercussions of that. 
They talk today about what capitalism is and the failures of capitalism. We haven't had capitalism in this country for almost a hundred years. Because real capitalism fixes stupid in about three-tenths of a second. That means when you fail, you fail. And you know what? When you fail, you fail, and you hit the ground, and everybody looks at you and goes, get the hell up. You get the hell up. You dust yourself off, and you do something else next. There is so much left to be done. But I am so happy that the folks here that listen to this show are part of it with me. With that, even though I'm a little bit early, I'm going to get ready to wrap up today. I want to remind you of a few things I talked about today, though. And the biggest one is that you have the power over you more than anybody else. Two, your preparedness is part of the revolution. Never back off. Never feel foolish for that one extra can of food. Never feel foolish for that plan, that documentation package. It's going to get you the hell out if something goes wrong. Don't feel foolish for that backup generator that you've been sitting on for two years and never had to use except when you tested it. Don't feel foolish for that stuff. One day, winter will come. One day it will happen. And you won't look foolish then. The other thing is, I want you to remember that it's up to you to act. No one else can do that for you. It's your choice. It's your way. It's your life. Around you are two giant circles. One is the circle that you're concerned about. Everything in this world that bothers you, that angers you, that ticks you off. Much smaller circle. It's a circle of things around you that you're concerned about that you influence. Spend your time and efforts there. Work hard. Be diligent. Get your own education. There's a million resources available to you now. Partake in all of them. When something resonates with your soul, not with the, the top level of your mind, when you go, oh, that sounds right, when you hear it and it goes inside of you, and it connects you to reality, and you feel it, not with anger, not with just plain emotion, but with sincerity. When it motivates you, when it moves you, when you say, I knew that was the way it was, I just couldn't say it that way. Then it's real. Because there's an internal wisdom inside of every human being that knows who you are, what you are, and how powerful you are. And all I'm saying is, if you want a revolution, don't worry about so much of who gets voted in or voted out in the next election. Worry about that internal compass. Focus on it. Work hard to make your life the way that you want it. Live each day as though it's the last day you have on this planet. And at the same time, be prepared to be here tomorrow so that you can live that, that day that way again and again and again. And realize that every person that you touch becomes a magnification for who and what you are. If you walk around pessimistic and miserable and defeated, then every person you touch magnifies misery and defeatism. If you walk around in liberty and in power and in knowledge, then every person you touch becomes a magnifier of liberty and power and wisdom. And above all, independent thought. This has been Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. Helping you figure out how to live that better life. And times get tough, or even if they don't.
stage, you know it, on our TVs. Sometimes we forget we are what we eat. I don't know the answer, it's like there's nothing I can do. It's the price we pay, I guess, when we follow all the rules. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way. 